0: Alrighty, uh, so we are in the book of Revelation, which uh, is always one of the most misinterpreted books in the Bible, um, and it's amazing how many people, I think, in 2020 have been reading Revelation thinking, oh my God, we're in the end times. Um, let's not freak out, please. Um, like, this is the thing, like, Revelation was written at a certain time, it's a particular genre of literature in the Bible, um, and it has its own context, all right, it's, it, it, we call it uh, the Apocalypse, that's the other name for the book of Revelation, um, but at the same time, it's written about a particular time. Uh, in many ways, it's written about the time, the end of the Roman Empire. And when you look at, like, the symbolism of Revelation, uh, you see that, like, the specific, like, like the, the beast, the dragon, the things like this, they have particular correlations with, like, the emperors in Rome. Uh, like, the beast is Nero, all right, um, the emperor. And so we have to keep that context in mind, uh, that this isn't just about, like, the end of the world. This is not exactly how this is all going to play out. It, in a sense, kind of played out already, with the fall of the Roman Empire, like the beast that's defeated, Nero, uh, dies. All right? So we have to kind of keep that in mind. But there's some really good imagery in Revelation, uh, and it's really good for us to kind of see like what does this all mean. And so today we have the lamb receiving the scroll. All right? So what, this is the, the really cool thing, is we have to look at this uh, within the context also of the Old Testament, uh, because there's a lot of parallels between what we hear and what we're actually going to be hearing very soon in Advent and what's going on in this reading. So we hear that we look at the scroll that's received. All right, John sees the scroll, and there's writing on both sides. Uh, now, traditionally, scrolls were only written on on one side. All right, you only wrote on one side of a scroll. When you rolled it up, what you had on the other side would be maybe the title, if anything, um, because in the libraries, the ancient libraries, you just had scrolls stacked on top of each other. And so, if you wanted to figure out, like quickly, like what scroll was what, you had to just look on the outside. You could see the title. You didn't have anything else was written on the back side of it. Everything was written on the front side because you would scroll it. Like, that's why it's called a scroll, is that you had these handles, and as, as you would go through it, you would scroll them, just like on an old cassette tape. Maybe some of the college kids, you don't know what cassette tapes are. Um, but it's like you had to like, rewind the scroll when you finished reading it. All right? So you only wrote on one side of it, so you could read it that way. All right? so, but this one has writing on both sides. And so uh, we look back at Ezekiel, who also sees a scroll, Um, And this is more than what what Ezekiel saw, though. Like, Ezekiel saw the scroll uh, that was written on just one side. This one's written on both. What happens is this means that the prophecy is going to be super abundant. Like, the things that are on the scroll, there's so much revelation, so much prophecy on the scroll that it's written on both sides. All right, that's what this means here. Let's look at something else now. Uh, in the vision, uh, the scroll, it's like God himself unrolls the scroll. Like, it says, like, the one, like the Son of Man, unrolls the scroll. Uh, and so it seems like only God can unroll the scroll, someone who's divine. And so we hear that, like, no created thing can, can unroll, can open the seals on the scroll. All right? That's another thing, too, is the seals. All right? There are seals on the scroll. Seals were put on scrolls. They are put on, on writings for a specific reason. Um, usually, only the addressee could open the seal. The seal also had the image of who was sending it. Uh, Kings had a signet ring that they would use to put their seal on it, so it said a lot about who was sending the scroll or sending the letter, and then also who could receive it, who could open it. Um, Seals were also used on, uh, on living wills. When someone died, that only the person, once the person had died, could the seal be opened, and only by the person it was intended for. And so, like, seals can only be opened by somebody specific. And so, um, they're asking, like, who can open it? It's God himself. All right? The next thing is um, this lamb. And what's funny is that it says, uh, we hear, like, like, somebody, the elder saying that the Lion of Judah can open it. So we're hearing one thing, and we're hearing what's said in the Old Testament prophecies, Jesus being described as the Lion of Judah. And then what happens? John says afterwards, Then I looked and saw. So he's hearing about a lion, but when he's looking, what does he see? He sees the lamb. Now, that that, kind of almost makes us do like a double take. So he's hearing one thing, but he sees that the lion is actually a lamb. And not just that it's a lamb, uh, but a lamb that is said to be led to slaughter. Uh, So when we think of something being slaughtered, we think of almost like a violent death. You know, you think like if you euthanize an animal, what do they normally do? They give it some kind of injection that, that kills it. Very peacefully, more or less. Whereas you think of like, when animals were sacrificed in the temple, they were slaughtered. They're their throats were slit. There's no kind of anesthetics. They're just they're just very they're just killed very violently. And so this lamb is killed very violently. And look at all the times in the New Testament the Old Testament that we see like this imagery of a lamb like like foreshadowing or also being used to describe Christ. Alright? So this is obviously saying like, like Christ is going to be the one uh, to open the seals. And it says this lamb is slain yet standing. And so the posture is significant because one, the lamb is not lying in a tomb, it was killed. But it's standing. It's upright. It's fully alive. All right, so all this imagery about Christ and what he's doing. Now what about these horns and these eyes? This is kind of like the really kind of confusing part. Like, like this sounds strange. Like, okay, maybe seven horns, we can kind of see that. We have animals that have horns, but seven eyes? I mean, normally the only animals we think of with, with more than two eyes would be insects, right? What's with these, uh, these horns and these eyes? Um, well, first of all, we have to look at what the number signifies as well. Seven signifies completion, all right? Seven days of creation, seven sacraments, the, uh, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. All right. Seven signifies completion and perfection. Think of what like when animals have horns. What kind of animals are those usually? They're normally very powerful animals, right? Think of like a rhinoceros or or something with tusks like an elephant. Um, or or, or cattle, like steers, bulls. Anything that has horns is usually a very powerful animal that can take those horns and just ram something with it, right? So what these horns signify is the perfection of power. That God is omnipotent, means all-powerful, right? Potency means power. Omni meaning all, all all-powerful. The eyes, the perfection of seeing, also the perfection of knowing. We hear that to see is to know something, right? So God is, or this lamb, Jesus, is all-powerful and all-knowing. Alright, so where are we getting at with this lamb? What's he doing? We hear that he's restoring the priesthood. He's restoring the priesthood to the people of Israel. We hear that in the Responsorial Psalm. That Jesus is coming to restore the priesthood. Um, And why is that important? He wants us to be able to see uh, what, in some senses, we're not able to see without that priesthood. Without being able to offer sacrifice. Uh, Because we hear in the gospel reading, he's looking over Jerusalem. He has, again, that perfect vision where he sees the suffering that's going to happen. So maybe we can think back of what was Jesus seeing for us at the end of 2019? (laughs) Maybe go back that far, because now we know what we've been going through. He saw that ahead of time. Jesus sees, just like what happened to Jerusalem, he saw what happened to us in 2020. And he saw that ahead of time. Why? Because he's omnipotent and he's omniscient. He's all-powerful and he's all-knowing. All right? And so, why is this priesthood important for us? It's because we have to be able to offer sacrifice. And so, if we're looking at all the things we've suffered in 2020, all the things we've suffered with this pandemic, um, have we actually been able to offer that as a sacrifice? Or are we not able to suffer just like the Lamb did? Are we not suffering graciously? Uh, It's easy to want to complain. uh, But at the same time, I think 2020 is a year where we're being forced to to reevaluate the level in which we trust God and the level of which we're able to suffer, just like the lamb suffered, Christ the lamb suffered for us, um, we have to be able to suffer as well. And notice I said also, um, it's funny how like Christ is like the lamb, like the perfect lamb as well, like this, these symbols of perfection. Because I said a, a couple of days ago in, in, in one of the homilies that sheep are notoriously stupid animals, right? And so we're all sheep, but Christ is like the head sheep. He's the shepherd, but he's the head sheep. He's the perfect sheep. Right, And so in a sense, like he knows what it is to be a sheep, because he's like us. He became human to be like us. And so what happens with him as a sheep is that he shows us what it means to be a perfect sheep, and a sheep that is slain, a sheep that also rises. And so we have to ask him that, especially as we're coming to the end of this year, um, that he helps us to continue to see with his vision, which is perfect, and to do things with his power, not on our own, but with his power, which is also perfect. And hopefully the lessons we learn in 2020 will help us to live as better sheep in 2021.